0: Jewish Audio on Kaban.org Sometimes we feel that we are so focused, so driven, so motivated to fulfill our missions in life, but it's too hard. I can't do it. I don't have the capacity. I don't have the resources. I don't have the tools. I don't have the strength. And we give up. I am here today to remind you of a very important message this week. And that is that God does not expect you to do more than you can. He gives you a mission and a purpose to fulfill, utilizing what you have within yourself. When you are on a mission, when you are on a goal, when you are trying to achieve something in your life to further God's wishes and expectations of you, all you need to do is ask yourself, deep within yourself, what do I have? What power, strengths, resources, and tools do I possess within my heart? How can I harness these to fulfill my mission? God is never asking you to use that which you do not have. He's asking you to recognize the strengths that you possess and utilize them, leverage them to fulfill the mission for which you are being called for. This week's Torah portion, we see time and again when Moses tells God, I can't do it. There's no way I could free the Jews from Egypt. God tells Moses, Moses, you need to do your part. It's going to be hard. I will harden Pharaoh's heart. It's going to be a difficult journey, but don't worry about that. That's already my business. Your job is to do what you can do. Go to Pharaoh with your brother, with your staff, and demand that he should let my people go. Don't worry about the outcome. Don't worry about the hardships that are coming. That's already my business. You do what you can do, utilizing the capacity that you have. When Moses was standing at the burning bush and God told him to go free the Jews and he said, I can't do it. God said to him, what do you have in your hands? Moses said, I have a staff. What was God asking him? God was telling Moses, I'm not asking you to build castles in the air. I'm not asking you to do something you can't do. All I want you to do is utilize what you possess. Look at your hand, what do you have? You have a staff, great, take the staff, go to Pharaoh. I'm here, I'll take care of the rest. Do your part. That's all you got to do, my friends. When you feel overwhelmed about the responsibilities you have, remember, all you need to do is reach deep within your heart and find the strengths which you possess within you. Utilize the tools and the gifts that God has given you and harness it, leverage it to fulfill your mission. Don't worry about what you do not have. Focus on what you do have. and You will discover that when you focus on what you have within you, you will have tremendous success and have an incredible impact on the world. Around you. Open up your hearts for this week's story, very powerful story that reminds us that it's not about what you don't have, it's about what you do have and how you can use what you possess within you to reach. Very, very far. For this story, my friends, join me as we are sitting at the Shabbat table in Bangkok, Thailand. Chabad of Bangkok provides a Jewish haven for throngs of backpackers and business people and tourists who come through that exotic country. Shabbat at the Chabad house is a beautiful place to be. The gracious meal and the inspiring talks keeps everybody engaged and uplifted. You're sitting at a table with so many Jewish people from all over the world. Once at a Shabbat meal, Mrs. Cantor, the Chabad Rebetzin, decided to say over a story. My friends, this story is an incredible story. This story takes us all the way to Montreal, Canada, where a great chassid, Rabbi Pesach Nussbaum, had to travel to Taiwan on a business deal. At the time, he worked for a computer company, and there was a company in Taiwan that was creating some kind of complex lighting system, and he was asked by his employer to go to Taiwan to navigate this new deal that they were working on. He was debating because the trip was scheduled for the last weekend in the month of Elul. That was right before Rosh Hashanah on that Saturday night was the first recital of the slichot supplications, a time when he really wanted to be with his community, his Hasidic community in Montreal, Canada. Who wants to be in Taiwan at such a time? But unfortunately he had to go, the job required it. And sure enough, he arrived in Taiwan, and he realized that he wasn't really needed as much as he thought. He wasn't that busy. They needed some troubleshooting here and there, but he wasn't really required to be there. He wasn't very happy to be in that place in such a sacred time of the year, just days before Rosh Hashanah. Sure enough, that weekend approached, and he knew that he's stuck in Taiwan for Saturday night. What's he going to do? After doing some research, he found out that there's a small synagogue in the hotel where Jewish travelers tend to gather together to pray so he reached out to the rabbi and it turns out the rabbi was out of town the rabbi himself left taiwan in order not to be there the week before rosh hashanah but he tries his best to be in the most uplifting spirits and in the hotel in taiwan he discovers a small group of jewish people who got together to pray on that shabbat as services were over he noticed a young man who joined the services and he started schmoozing with him and they were spending some time together and suddenly Pesach had an idea he turned to this young man And the few others who gathered in the shul that morning, and he said, I know we're all traveling. I know this is not home for us, but after all, tonight is slichot. Why should we each say the supplication prayers alone in a room? Why don't we all gather together once again in this space in the hotel and say the slichot prayers together? It's the last Saturday night before the New Year. Let's join together in prayer. He wasn't so sure they're going to come because the tradition is that the supplications are recited after midnight, which is quite late, one o'clock in the morning. However, to his surprise, they seemed interested. And they said, you know what? Rabbi, we'll do it. We'll make the effort. And sure enough, that night, as he was falling asleep in his hotel room, there's banging on the door, and there is standing this young man who he met that morning at the services, and the man says, Rabbi, Reb Pesach, come, we gather together to pray. Please lead us, because we're not familiar with these prayers. So Repesach Pesach goes to that space in the hotel where they were gathering together to pray. And in that space, as he is standing there, he realizes, hold on a second, he needs the brook. How is he going to lead the prayers without the Slichot prayer book? It's a special book, including the supplications for the prayers that you say the Saturday night before Rosh Hashanah. So he excuses himself for a moment. He runs back to his hotel room and he opens up his suitcase to pull out the book, which of course was the first thing he packed, knowing that he will be in Taiwan for the night of Slichot. My friends join me as we are in that room with Reb Pesach, frantically looking for his Lichod book, and realizing to a shock and his dismay that he can't find it. There's a group of people who he schlepped out of bed at the unearthly hour of 1 a.m. in Taiwan. They're gathered together downstairs waiting for him, and he's in his room, turning over his suitcase, unable to find the book of supplications. After five minutes of looking, he realizes he better go back. This is not right. He runs back to the room, and he walks in. And with an embarrassed face, and with much you he says, my friends, I apologize. I know I promised to lead services tonight, which is why I brought you all together, but I can't find my book. And he looks at these faces of his fellow Jews who are standing there, middle of the night, exhausted and drained. And he looks at them and he says, my friends, I think we still need to pray. Here's what I suggest. We have prayer books here. In the back of the prayer book, there's a small portion of the supplications that are recited at other times throughout the year. It's not the full-blown service as is expected to do the last Saturday night of the year, but let's do what we can. And with that, the Pesach approached the holy ark in this hotel in Taiwan, surrounded by Jews who he does never, never know and never met. And they're sitting around, and as he's standing by the ark, he approaches it, he closes his eyes, and he begins to pray with all his heart. As he's standing there, he begins to become tearful and emotional, reflecting upon the fact that he's thousands of miles away from home, and the fact that not only is he so far away from home, but he doesn't even have a prayer book to use on this holy, sacred night. All he has is a small selection in the back of the regular weekday prayer book. He opens up his heart, and he prays from a place that he's never played before. He prays from the depth of his heart, recognizing that it doesn't matter what he doesn't have. What matters is what he does possess. He has his neshama. He has his feeling. He has his deep Hasidic contemplation. And that's what he does, my friends. He closes his eyes and he sings and he prays with all his heart whatever prayer he's able to muster together from the only prayer book he has in Taiwan. When he finishes leading the service, after 35 minutes, he turns around and he sees all the people who are gathered there with their mouths wide open. He could see the deep, emotional, feelings emanating from their hearts, the shock on their faces as they experienced a prayer like they've never seen before. A Pesach noticed this is a special moment. So immediately he said, as per the Hasidic tradition, let's forbring and he sat there all night long till four o'clock in the morning, together with this young man who joined the service by the name of Neil And they sat, and they febringed, and they spoke, and he inspired him. And then Rabbi said, I need to go to the airport in two hours. Let me go lay down for a short nap. He goes up to his hotel room, takes a little nap. And when he wakes up, he sees two envelopes under the door. Interesting. One envelope is a bill from the hotel. The other envelope was a note that was written at 6 a.m. that morning. On top was the date and the time. And that note was from Neil, this young man who had joined him for the service the night before and who prayed with him and forbringed with him all night long. And Neil wrote, Dear Pesach, I want you to know that the intensity of the prayers last night has ignited my soul and I am now committing myself to go on a road of self-discovery. At that moment, Mrs. Cantor, who was sitting at the table in the Chabad house in Bangkok, pauses for a moment. She was about to conclude the story and stress the incredible role of divine providence. How Pesach was in Taiwan just to ignite the soul. But as she paused, one of the Shabbat guests began to speak. It says, excuse me for the interruption. My Hebrew name is Nachshon. And if you don't mind, I would like to tell you my story. Everybody turns around and learns, looks at this young man, Nachshon, sitting at the table in Bangkok on that Shabbat. And he says like this, friends, I was brought up with very little knowledge of Judaism. Every so often, I wondered if Judaism is even real. In my work, working for an NGO, I travel extensively. And once, before a long trip to the Orient, I purchased a book called The Chosen by Chaim Potek in an attempt to investigate my Judaism. And as I read that book, I was fascinated by one thing. The author, Mr. Potek, describes prayer as a devout experience, as something which is transformative. But the truth is, I've been to Jewish temples before, and the prayers always seem to lack the depth and vitality that he was describing in this book, and I concluded that this author was probably describing something of the past, something that has no relevance anymore in modern times. These thoughts were in the back of my mind as I went about my business in Taiwan, and I happened to know from previous trips that Jewish businessmen had to stay at the Ritz Hotel, and I decided, let me go join the Shabbat service there, maybe to reconfirm my conclusions as it's been on my mind. And as I expected, I went to services, and unfortunately, the prayers seemed devoid of the intense feelings described in the book, and I felt justified. I said to myself, Judaism is not relevant anymore. The passion of the past has now disappeared. For some reason, I decided to go the following week as well. This time, the rabbi who led the services the week prior wasn't there. But instead, there was a devout-looking man whose prayers were alive with feeling. And as I stood there in these prayers on that Saturday night, preparing for the new year, I was deeply in touch by the rabbi's intense prayer. And I decided to send him a note acknowledging his contribution to my spiritual search. Because that night, as I stood in Taiwan, and that man stood by the ark and prayed from the depth of his heart, he has ignited the soul and marked my journey back to Judaism. Rebbitzin Nachshon turns to Mrs. Cantor at the table, And he says, I'm very sorry to have interrupted you. But you see, it's my story that you have been telling. My friends, Nachshon continued his Jewish journey, even had the privilege to spend time in Crown Heights and meet the Rebbe. And today, my friends, Nachshon is a proud, active, involved Jew. The message of the story is so simple. When Rab Pesach stood at the Holy Ark in Taiwan, he felt like he has nothing to give. His prayer book is miles away. But then he realized, let me focus on what I do possess. Let me utilize what I do have. I have a few prayers. I have my heart. I have my neshama. I have my feeling. Let me use what I have. And let's see where it goes. Hashem will take care of the rest. And sure enough, in the back of the room, he transformed the life of young Neil because of his efforts to utilize the strengths that he possessed within himself. Shabbat Shalom. Keep doing your part. And Hashem will do the rest. This is Rabbi Zalman Tov on the Chabad Center for Jewish Life. Please send your thoughts, comments, questions and feedback.